0: to the gamers in come on in pull up a chair next to the fire it looks like you've had a long journey i'm your host jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host ryan how's it going man
1: not too bad not too bad i'm here again it's been a week already It's, it's hard to believe man this week went by so quickly
0: it really really did to the yeah. point that i was like um i don't even know what it is that i played for this week because i had yeah. a little bit of gaming time on the weekend but i was spending it in sims 4 that game is a game that's just like you need to invest a lot of time into in order to get the most out of it it's not mm-hmm. one of those things where you can just go and like do some quests level up a little bit you know little bits and bites and chunks like it's very much a I'm going to spend four hours playing this game.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: <laughs> progress. And yeah, so it's a, definitely a time sink for sure.
1: Yeah. It was interesting because I usually, so I was at a town. So Tuesday, Wednesday I was traveling. Then I got, then Wednesday I was like, Oh, I forgot I should record the mini when I get home, but I should also ask Jocelyn what she's been playing. And then when I texted you and you were like, ah, I don't really know. And then I was like, <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't think I can kind of suggest anything. Cause it, everything's kind of I've just hasn't been th- I haven't had even time to think about like the game I'm going to talk about tonight is something I've been playing for the last couple weeks so I'm like I'm going into the the queue you know I don't have anything you know new per se but then I had uh I had remembered uh that Game of Thrones Reigns game was coming out and I'm like oh well this is right up Jocelyn's ash- alley because she's uh she's a she's a got fan as, exactly. they, as they say exactly
0: so, so, yeah, I'm, I am excited to talk about what we get to talk about today. But mm-hmm. before we do that, do do have to r- remind everybody that it is Extra lifetime. So if you would like to join the team, if you'd like to donate, if you'd like to tune into the streams, all the info is over at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. We've got a great team this year. We're going to be streaming on October 27th and November 10th, as well as I'm probably going to do a stream in December as well. So mm-hmm. we are not doing a full 24-hour stream this year, but we are doing multiple stream days. So... We should be able to, uh, we're going to exceed the 24-hour stream time, (laughs) Uh, probably by quite a lot, actually. But uh, yeah, it's mostly, it's just scheduling this year that made uh, the whole 24-hour thing pretty much impossible. So you can blame me for that one, you guys. (laughs) Uh,
1: There was not a 24 hours that overlapped between our two schedules. So really, it was just 2018's fault uh, is is what we can boil it down (laughs) to.
0: We'll blame 2018. I like that. I yeah, like that a lot. <laughs>
1: it's, it's the year. And I mean, the year, whatever. It, it's doing what it's got to do. But I think that uh, I think it will prove to be useful. And, you know, we mentioned the 27th, the 10th. But if you, if you do go to the bit.ly link, you will see that a majority of our team is actually going to be streaming throughout those days, including the BlizzCon weekend, where both you and I are going to be uh, elsewhere. So we, we there's no like BlizzCon is not even a thing like you're going to be at BlizzCon, but
0: I'll you know, be at BlizzCon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I won't
1: be. I won't be at BlizzCon, but I won't be around to play video games for 24 hours. So it's uh it, there's always there's going to be an Extra Life stream for you to catch. Just go to that link. Check it out. Donate. We're at 25 percent towards our goal. And we haven't even started gaming like officially for Extra Life. like There has been a lot of streams and test streams, but it's exciting that we're at 25 percent already. Uh, So keep up the good work, everybody, those who have donated.
0: Yeah, so again, that is bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018. We look forward to the streams. We look forward to seeing you guys. We've got lots of cool prizes and just all kinds of stuff going on. So uh, make sure you go and check that out. So Ryan, you mentioned that you've been playing something from your queue do you want to tell us a little bit about forza because this is something i'm i'm shocked that this is in your queue because neither one of us is big on racing games i, yeah. I thought mario kart
1: <laughs> i i do not like racing games very much and th- but i just couldn't pass up uh, on the game pass offer so back in august there was a deal through gamescom that you could buy two months of game pass for a dollar each so effectively two dollars and you got yourself game pass for two months which which bridged the gap all the way to november and i thought well this might be an opportunity to try one of the first-party Xbox games that that is coming out on the, on the Game Pass that I'm remotely interested in. And Forza Horizon 4 is a open world, not quite arcade, but not quite simulation. It's kind of a mixture between the two. Uh, in that there's a racing line that you have to follow, which is like a staple of the simulation series, which basically tells you like, you need to break, kid, like, which madness right burnout fans mario kart no one's breaking we're <laughs> slamming into the to the guardrails, and that's part of the fun uh but in this game no you have to break and that is that isn't doesn't sound like a lot of fun i don't know if that sounds like a lot of fun to you but it's it doesn't sound like a lot of fun um so this is is a part simulation part arcade but it, it is an open world game by every definition of the genre and that it's a huge open world set in the uk uh so you get a lot of you know i think that you get scotland and i mean i don't know the uk very well but obviously you've got your (laughs) you 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 do get scotland because they talk about edinburgh a lot and then you do uh get like the english countrysides as well there's a lot of farmland uh there's a lot of that are the
0: roads really like narrow and do you have to drive on the left hand side of the road and stuff like that
1: yeah. They, they, they full on UKU in terms of their you driving on the left side of the road, as opposed to, uh, to the way we drive on the road. And at first it is a little jarring. Did you forget the opposite of left? No, I, I was worried <laughs> that when I said you drive on the left side of the road, that I had made a mistake right from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to drive. i you I'm sure? Do- doing it <laughs> I'm years. getting a little worried. <laughs> hey, I've survived this long. Um, well, in racing games, like, often, I'll be honest, I don't really pick a lane. I just goes what makes me go as fastest, right? Like, I don't really care Well, if that's I'm...
0: true. In a racing game, that's true, because everyone's going the same way. But if we're talking, like, open world, is there, like, traffic coming the other direction and stuff? And there is how traffic. realistic is this? <laughs>
1: uh, There is traffic. It's not realistic in the sense... So, basically, uh, in this open world game you're offered these races on this open world map and it basically says like welcome to horizon it's a open uh it's a festival so basically what the festival has done is it's purchased this lot of land and basically said this is the racing world and we own it and anybody who drives through it is accepting the fact that they're driving through basically a giant racing festival that's the story And then they present you with these icons saying like, oh, this is a rally race. This is a street race. This is a drag race. So there are these different races you can do. So you click on the map and you say, okay, I want to do this uh, cross-country race, which is kind of a mix between road driving and off-road driving. So you drive to the start point, queues the race, and then you do the race and, and so on and so forth. So when you're driving... There are other people on the road you're racing against who, yes, are going in the same direction. But then there are also just innocent bystanders who are just driving <laughs> on this road in the open world and in the races. Although they're less populate, populated in the races. It's mostly in the open world that you'll kind of randomly run into these uh, these other cars. And when you hit them, you, it's not like a normal car crash. You seem to have super, super car strength. In that you kind of keep going, but the other cars, kind of don't, don't keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 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 that's the best way to describe it. Like you just have these super cars that are impervious to damage, uh, mm. from from innocent bystanders. But if you if you ram up against somebody who's in the race, it's going to screw you up and and could really damage your your position in terms of you can go from first to last if you lose that amount of speed. And with a simulation game like this. And the racing line and having to brake, if you don't prepare for a turn, you're going into that side uh, rail and, and you are going to basically lose. So there is actually this really cool mechanic that has been present in the Forza games, I think, since its inception, is a rewind mechanic. Um, there doesn't appear to be any sort of rule sets as to how much you can use it or whether it penalizes you. It's really just a way for you to continue to enjoy the racing genre. Because I don't know about you... But when you play racing games outside of the Forza series, one little mistake, and you go from first to last, and you know you're not going to catch up. Like, how infuriating is that, you know? <laughs> so this rewind mechanic basically negates that. You just, you just can If you make the wrong turn or you ram someone the wrong way, you can kind of hit that button, and it, and it rewinds you. And you, you kind of have a staggered effect where you can choose how far you, back you want to go. And that really makes it so that when you do a race you're doing it once and you're giving it your best shot and then you're moving on you don't feel like you have to grind out those races you just you just kind of do enjoy and move on which which is really nice um but yeah the the, the I'm I'm feeling the, the mixture of the arcade and simulation I think it's a nice blend for me because I am you're right I am much more into the burnouts and the Mario Karts of the world I really don't like the simulation genre I actually kind of despise it it, it It doesn't feel fun to me, uh, but this one has a a nice blend where it does feel fun, you know?
0: So Uh, what is the, what's the progression like? Like, what mm. is the final goal in the game? What are you trying to do?
1: So what you're trying to do early in the game, so in the opening, uh, the unique part about this game is that you're trying to qualify for the Forza uh, roster, they call it. And basically in the opening of the game, they introduce you to the mechanics of Seasons, so as you're going through, you're trying to earn influence uh, because it's a it's a festival of like the more fans you have, the le- more likely they're going to want you to bring, want you to come onto this festival. So as you're progressing through the game and doing races, not only are you earning credits, you're also leveling up in specific genres of the racing. So cross country, street racing. So you're you're unlocking more races by progressing in that venue but you're also progressing through your influencers that you're gaining which is basically like short form for how popular you are amongst the fans of forza it's just a random number and it'll basically say like oh you need to hit 150,000 influencers to unlock the spring uh, festival so it starts you out in autumn so it's this nice fall venue lots of changing colors like you know wet roads stuff like that and then it says, "Oh, once you hit a hundred thousand, we'll uh, we'll do like a showcase, which is like a special event where you. I think I raced a hovercraft, so that was fun. Sweet. Yeah, they have these showcases that are kind of like events where it's you versus a completely stupid, you would never race it type thing. Uh, this in this instance, it was a hovercraft, <laughs> uh, and you win because there like there's a bunch of rubber banding mechanics, so that unless you completely fail, you're always gonna kind of beat it, but." Then as you progress, you unlock new seasons, and you basically get to test each season. And then once you hit a certain level after progressing through the four seasons, it basically kicks you into the main game, and the seasons are actually tied to uh, the weeks. So each week there's a new season. I think for when I finally unlocked it, it was in winter, and now it's in spring, because that's how seasons work.
0: Do you mean like real life weeks so like the first yeah. week of september is something the second week is another thing that sort of thing yeah
1: so when you log into the game it'll it'll basically present you with just a shit ton of options like here's all the things you can do in this game plus seasonal challenges uh so it'll say like oh winter is here for four days and the next you know it can say prepare for the next season which is spring and if you mouse over like or if you can go over to the winter options, it'll tell you like, here are the unique events happening in this season that won't be available outside of winter or maybe even outside this specific week in winter. So it's a live game, right? They're constantly adding these new events and new twists on the different events that are available on the maps. And then you can kind of you know preview the next month by seeing what kind of challenges they're presenting you with. But the cool thing about these seasons is that in the winter... You know, stuff freezes over, so suddenly some lakes become traversable. So the races might take you across the lake, as opposed to going around it and over a bridge, as you wouldn't maybe spring or fall. And the same goes for the fall and the spring and the summer, where maybe certain bodies of water are unpassable because they're too high, and then in the summer they, they get quite low, and then you're able to kind of scoot over them in your car. You know, as opposed to basically, <laughs> you know, flooding. Uh, so it is. It is unique in that sense in that each week you go into the game, you're experiencing a new season. Now, after a couple months, who's to say you might you might get into the groove of, oh, it's summer. I know what I need to do. I know what to expect. Or even worst case scenario, like, you know, for a week it's going to be winter and you're just not a fan of winter driving. Uh, that could be a so bit you- of a bummer.
0: Do you always have to play whatever the season is that week or do you have the option to like turn off seasons or set it to a certain season once you've unlocked them all or like do you have to play whatever xbox tells you to play it's a live
1: game so i didn't really see an option to negate what Mm -hmm. what the game was telling me the season was so with winter it's pretty it's pretty much yep it's winter now i think that you can Kind of cheat the system. There's this blueprint system where every time you go into a race, you can actually create your own blueprint of that race, and set all the parameters yourself. So let's say you go to a race in the dead of winter and it's like a a cross rally, uh, and it's a specific, you know, loop. You can actually say, "Well, I want it. I'm going to do this loop, but I actually want it to be, you know, trucks only, spring, and it's raining." You know, and you can create that blueprint and still qualify and get the rewards for finishing that race like it it still lets you get that as completed from what I've been able to experience I, I, I could be kind of getting it wrong here but from what I was able to do if I didn't like a race or I wanted to try something different I could create a blueprint to basically put over top of that race it's still the same loop but I think when you create a blueprint you kind of it kind of changes the way you progress but it still gives you the credit for for doing it so it marked it as complete for me
0: Mm -hmm. um that's good then so you can kind of change the the setting and the modifiers of the track without it actually having to be so like if you absolutely hated like slippery roads in winter or something which i'm assuming icy roads is is a setting (laughs) yeah then um you could just change it to wet roads or dry roads or whatever spring summer settings you like and you wouldn't have to play in the winter which is good because i feel like getting locked in i i can totally see that worst case scenario of being like i hate all spring races they're terrible i don't like the rain it makes it hard to see why do i have to play a week of this mm-hmm. um it's nice that you can go in and modify that and still progress your game
1: yeah it, it is nice and there's a lot of other stuff in there there's like uh basically if you stream forza while you're uh, through your Xbox one or your PC on the mixer, you'll actually earn influence. uh, And you'll, and you'll level up like a specific mixer uh, option. I tested it out and kind of, you know, played around with it. And, and I think I streamed for maybe an hour and a half and I ended up progressing to like level three, which unlocks, you know, new customizables and, and spin wheels and credits and stuff. So there is, they're giving you incentive for streaming and the more people you have watching, And the more people you have checking out your stream, the more influencers you earn. So there is that that bit. It's kinda cool that it's
0: tied into like the real world in that way.
1: Yeah, it it was kind of neat. Like and I can imagine people who, you know, were to take it very seriously or had a, a large following, wanted to go in and do Mixer, they could they could see that coming back into the game. I don't think it really like gives them an edge, but it certainly gives them another avenue to earn Rewards in game—it's—it's mm. it's much better than most games that kind of—they just rely on the people who are streaming to kind of t- kind of do that. It's nice that there's an incentive here. Um, I know some games are, are getting better at sort of rewarding, you know, people who are streaming the game, uh, but it's had a bit of an adverse effect in that a lot of people are just leaving their Xbox One on and and literally titling their stream like influence farming, twenty four hours looped video. <laughs> <laughs> So if you go to Mixer and look at Forza, there's a lot of people streaming it. Not a lot of people playing it, right? Uh, which you also get influence for watching Forza streams. So a lot of people are streaming 24 hours to farm, and they're and, watching.
0: Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see how that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah it it's a
1: it's a bit of a blessing and a curse. Into I kinda, I don't know if it's backfired, but.
0: Well, I mean, it's all for in-game rewards and cosmetics, right? It doesn't actually really, it's not like it's a multiplayer game that this is going to have some sort of big advantage in any sort of PvP type way. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's how they want to do it, then I think it's fine. It's nice to see video games building streaming support into them like that, like actually having a system Mm in-game that rewards being a streamer. I think that's really cool. So I I hope it goes well and I hope, mixer doesn't just shut it down because they think it's like low quality content i mean it is it's low quality content but it's still our streamed right so
1: yeah mixer is part of microsoft so i i don't think they would they would kind of get rid of it it seems to be a pretty integral part of the game as it's one of the progression meters in it but um yeah yeah i mean if you have game pass and you're remotely interested in the open world concept of a racing game like it does it very well uh, everybody talks with a UK accent, which is awesome. There's some really cool story stuff in there. So it's not just racing. There's the cool series you unlock right at the beginning is like the, uh, the stunt driver, uh, series of missions and it's 10 missions. And basically you go to the thing and you say like, Oh, play the next chapter. And it'll be a guy intro and it's like, okay, uh, this stunt, you're going to be in this fast car and you're going to go through this, this jump. He says it more elegantly and, and in a Scottish accent, but, uh, it, and it's really cool. They put you in this unique car that you probably wouldn't get access to right away. And it says, like, okay, drive to this meter. And sometimes they're just asking you to do a stunt. Other times they're like, okay, what I need you to do is I need you to drive really, really fast down these narrow streets. And then he'll, like, guide you through the turns and, and you know, tell you to, you know, smile at the camera and stuff like that. So they do have these story missions that are outside of just the normal do this race and do good. Uh, so, so that was really fun, too, which I, I mean, I've played motorsport 7 which is the other forza game or way more simulation and then forza horizon 4 and it's like one is like a like someone who 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 is sitting there at a a fancy dinner and like you know using their fork and knife and just being super duper fancy right
0: i love how you think eating with a knife and fork is super fancy (laughs) I mean,
1: you know, I was like, I was gonna go into the into the details, but I I, I wasn't really sure how much details. But anyway, super fancy, Forza Motorsport, and then Forza Horizon is just like it's this fun and bumbling and fumbling thing where you're just having fun. You know, you can tweak your car and you can tune it if you want to, but man, it's, so it's just like so eating much
0: more pizza, fun. No knives and forks.
1: <laughs> it's it is like eating pizza. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend people check it out if they have the Game Pass or even if they're remotely interested, su- sub up for the for the Game Pass and check it out, because that's that's what the Game Pass is for, man, It's to check out these first party games.
0: So this week I've actually been playing. Well, I mean, I think I can't remember if I talked about this at the top of the show or if that was before we started recording. But anyways, I have been playing more of The Sims 4. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I've been putting I put a lot of time into Sims 4 on the weekend, actually. So Um, I'm not really going to talk about that too too much more but I will say that it's kind of it's getting better and better but it is something you need to sink a lot of time into it's not something that you can just you know come in play for 20 minutes and leave again so it's it's good but I don't know if I have the kind of time to actually explore everything that there is in that game but it's still it's fun. And I've had I've stuck with it a lot longer this time than I have at any other point. So um, and again, that was with the seasons update as opposed to uh, just the base game. So if you guys are interested in Sims 4, I'm still playing it. It's still it's fun. It's growing on me. So they've done a good job, at least with seasons. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the next expansion because it does (laughs) take up so much time, but Hmm. it's still it's super fun. So the thing that I've been playing to kind of fit in in between uh and to get that like super quick little short game experience is i've been playing rain game of but the game of thrones version and so ryan this is a game that you played um which when it was just in its original iteration before it got game of thrones branded Mm -hmm. and i am so glad that you recommended this game to me because it's super fun i didn't play the first version of it but having the i can see how it would be like pretty interesting but having like the game of thrones hover on it or wrapper around it however you want to think about it, it is, is a good one yeah it's it's super super fun because they've got all of the characters and even the characters that are clearly like made up for the game are still like even the naming conventions kind of follow what i would expect for like lannister names and tyrell names and all that kind of stuff and they they pull in events from game of thrones like some things have already happened some things haven't happened yet and Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of fun so i've gone through and i've unlocked a couple more rulers except uh the thing that i did so i downloaded it on my phone it's actually available either on your phone or it's also available on your pc but i downloaded it on my phone because i i wanted to have uh, something mobile that i could just kind of pick up and play real quick and the first rain i played as danny which i'm pretty sure is everyone starts as danny and i lasted three days (laughs) because i didn't realize it there is a left and right swiping mechanic so basically what happens is some form of text pops up at the top and it's like a situation or a question or something and then there's a picture in the middle of the screen of the character who has brought the situation to your attention and then if you swipe right you do one thing if you swipe left you do another thing and i thought that because when you kind of move their picture one way or another it tells you what your reaction is going to be so you know let's say in the top left corner it says positive in the top right corner it says negative well i was thinking that if i like if the positive was on the left I needed to swipe it left so essentially for my first time my first reign as a Mm. ruler of Westeros I was choosing the opposite of what I thought I was choosing so I was making all these horrible terrible choices because I would be like okay positives on the left I should swipe to the left but what you're actually supposed to do is figure out the option that you want and then keep swiping it that way so like if you're revealing like the positive answer keep your finger going so that the positive one is the one that you see do you know what i mean yeah
1: it's interesting because this game like rain the original rains really set up the mechanics really well like they gave you Hmm. a tutorial you understood what you were doing you know when you were in my the way i took it when you're swiping you're swiping to the answer you want. It didn't feel like there was a correlation between negative or positive, but maybe there is a correlation. Oh no, no, no.
0: The... I just, I was just using negative and positive. No, as, okay. Like, but heading down things.
1: a narrative might yeah. keep you going to the right as opposed to the left. And and that yeah. certainly does feel to be the case. But in this game, they drop you right in. And f- for a lot of folks like yourself who didn't play the old ones, but are a fan of game of Thrones, coming into this it's a bit jarring and you kind of have to figure it out and yet f- your first uh, your first go is as Danny like you're uh, you're kind of you kind of done pretty quick I-, I think maybe maybe it's designed that way but Possibly. i don't know i don't know but the it, other that was thing a that I, thing.
0: I i yeah the other thing that i didn't realize or like it took me three or four characters to actually figure out cuz again i didn't play the first version um the little icons at the top I thought if they had circles over them, they were going to be impacted. I didn't realize that there was a big circle and a little circle and the big circle meant good and the little circle meant bad. So I Mm. thought that it was like going to be impacted like a little bit or a lot as opposed to going up or going down. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of paying attention to like when I went one way or another, which parts of my kingdom were going to be affected. But... I thought I was just supposed to kind of try to logic it out. And then I realized later on, I was like, oh, this is telling me it's going to impact people both ways. Like, what is that? Oh, that went up by a lot. Oh, that went. I think it was when uh, finally I made it far enough that winter became a thing. Oh, yeah. And then I realized that because then when it's winter wintertime, when winter has come,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then it... Impacts the decisions that you make that impact people always have large impacts. So then the ball over top of the people icon was always big, and sometimes it would go up and sometimes it would go down. And I was like, oh, I thought that meant positive, like good thing gonna go up, and it doesn't. It's like it means impact. yeah. So I was um, yeah, so it was uh it was really interesting, and it did take me a while to kind of catch on to. And the thing I was probably the most surprised about is how it didn't necessarily feel very repetitive, even though it's a swipe left, swipe left, swipe right game. You feel like that would get repetitive. Mm -hmm. But I felt like there was uh, one or two times where there was like a courtesan who showed up a couple of different times and asked me the same question. It was like, you want to bang me basically I can't remember exactly how she phrases it and I was like no I'm good thanks no I'm good thanks no I'm good thanks trying to run a kingdom stop asking if I want to bang you (laughs) go away now (laughs) chambermaid and um that was the only one that got kind of kind of repetitive but like you say you're kind of like heading down this like branching path story flowchart. Mm-hmm. so I must have just made my way back to her a couple of different times and obviously saying no I, I wasn't going down her story path so it would make sense that her node as a character would always start me off like basically at the start of her story but I've died quite a few times now yeah. and haven't yet had a death that was the same so like all my characters have died of something different which I thought was really cool. I'm sure I'm going to get to the point where I start repeating things, but I thought it was really interesting that through my first, like, probably six or seven reigns. And I think my longest reign now has been like 60 something days. um, So through six or seven of them, I still haven't had a repeat death. Mm. And it seems to me like if you get more than one of your icons depleted at the same time, it's like those combinations give you different deaths too. So it's like, and even then, I think I've had two strictly faith deaths and those two faith deaths weren't even the same. Right. So it's it's really, they've kept it fresh enough that I'm not just going through and dying and going through and dying. Now, you could probably tell me from the original game, is there any greater, because it seems to me like I'm playing right now to try to, increase the length of my reign and also unlock new leaders. Is that basically yeah. the point of the game is you're like on a leaderboard against yourself and or am I just on a leaderboard against myself cuz I don't have any friends in the Android game store? <laughs> um
1: I don't I think you are you know it, it is a leaderboard against yourself like in the original games you were the king or in the case of the Her Majesty edition you were the queen. And you were making decisions to increase your rule, and and depending on how you were doing, you were, you were basically going for the long haul, while also mm-hmm. achieving new th- new progress by unlocking achievements. So in this game, you'll kind of notice like three or four things below your uh, in, in the achievement listings, like oh visit the tavern or talk to a sellsword. sword, and yeah. those give you hints at further progression you can make to enjoy uh, new parts of the of the storyline. And in the first games, it was it was just literally like a $1.99 game. And it was just, you know, flick of the thumb to kind of go through a story, enjoy the witty writing they were giving you, and, and kind of experience that. But in this, it feels like they're telling... A, there's a narrative there set... I don't know. I was going through it, and I was kind of like, man, if someone's like a super Game of Thrones nerd, they are loving what I'm assuming is just a well-crafted you know, story with with all these characters, maybe not story, but just having all these characters present. And even if those characters are completely made up, like they're still kind of nailing the feel. But yeah, unlock in this unlocking the extra heroes, there seems to be this overarching story that that features the uh, Melisandre or whatever the the mm-hmm. red, the red lady, what's her name? The red priestess? Red yeah, priestess. Yeah. So she's kind of like the orchestrator of all this and, and kind of if you get to a certain point, she kind of says a little spiel and then unlocks a new ruler. And I I really am digging that because the other games just never had that. And it's probably why this is a little more expensive. Uh, I think it launched at four, 499 in the States and then 550 on the Canadian store. Um, So it's a bit more expensive than the original ones, but I think there's a lot more here. Plus it's a licensed game. I mean, Mm -hmm. who needs to buy the game of Thrones soundtrack when you're just getting the hottest hits in this game and i i mean they do a great job with it really
0: good yeah the soundtrack's really good it didn't get to the point i was a little bit worried because when you first start (laughs) the game there's like it's like the theme song and it felt like it went on for quite a while yeah but it was probably only a few minutes but still like i was worried that it was just going to be the game of thrones theme song the whole time but it pretty (laughs) seamlessly transitions into new and different music Mm-hmm. As you're playing the game, so I thought I was gonna just like turn the music off or turn the sound off, but I ended up leaving it on, and it was it was quite immersive. It really added to the experience, so yeah. I like it a lot.
1: I was worried about that. I'm like, I mean, I'm not one to complain. It's a you great
0: know, theme song. but Ten years
1: ago, I listened to it on loop. Like when Game of Thrones Thrones first started, it was like, oh man, I'm gonna listen to this on repeat. Now, I mean, I'm good if I have to wait a, a year and a half, uh, you know, to to hear it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah they they have other music and it's other recognizable music from the show uh it this seems to be in my you know i'm terrible with the timeline of game of thrones but to place mm-hmm. it for people who are wondering there's a lot of talk of at least in my playthroughs uh the battle of the five kings so yeah. that's season that's like when um uh this is going to be bad this is going to show my Th- that's that's when that's before the red wedding or after the red wedding yeah
0: so that the battle of five kings is like um stannis and rob and uh joffrey and the lannisters and um right i'm forgetting the other two but yeah it's a, it's it's that whole big time when everybody's fighting yeah
1: mm. okay and
0: but then there's also like discussion of and hints at things that happen much much later on in the series things that where the series may or may not be going um things that hint at possibly what's going to happen at the end or has already happened at the end of the game of thrones tv show so it kind of like does a really good job of being in that world without actually setting itself in a specific time or Tying itself too much to the TV show and the events of the novels and all that kind of stuff. So it gives you events that are interesting and feel like they would happen in the world without actually taking things directly straight from the TV show. Like, you don't feel like you're playing through the TV show. You mm-hmm. feel like you're playing in the world new scenarios. Like, for for instance, at some point, a raven comes from Marine and... um, Oh... I'm totally blanking on his name. But anyways, the, the guy that, that uh, Danny left behind to look after the city basically sends her a raven and says, hey, the citizens are rising up. What do you want to do? So it's like, again, calling back to events in the TV show. She did leave Marine. She did leave somebody behind who is a named character whose name I'm just totally blanking on right now. But he's a named character. Yeah. He's the guy she left behind. And. The citizens uprising is a thing that would happen in Marine. It doesn't happen in the TV show, but it makes total sense that it it could potentially happen. So it's Mm -hmm. one of the events that you play through and it's really interesting and I really like it.
1: Yeah, no. And and you're you're you nailed it in this in the sense that this is not just a retelling of of the show. It's its own spice. You know, it's its own layers that they've added and they've played around with it. it. It's not a it's a faithful, you know, adaptation but mm-hmm. they're not like, they're not just going by the books. They're actually telling their own story ba- that are in, in the world, that, Yeah, in the world that is inferred by what could happen or what may have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think depending on the timeline where you are, like it also shifts based on that. So the first one, when you're Daenerys and you're on the Iron Throne, that is essentially the like, it kind of moves things around. Like in my mind, that's like, she has the throne. And that's not the that's not the end of the show, but it's before she she would you know fight off the White Walkers, right? But she is on the throne, so you can mm-hmm. imagine to get to that point, you know, the Lannisters are all but gone, and uh, you know uh, Daenerys is on the throne, and John's uh, Winterfell, and and really it's like the cusp right before the North starts coming down, obviously yeah we won't get into that but uh because <laughs> i was about to go down a down a, a rabbit hole uh from the show but it is interesting that they kind of take that and they play with the timelines uh mm-hmm. based on who you're choosing and if you put in and, and then if you chart you start as Tyrion, it kind of rewinds in a bit and goes back to like into the show timeline a little bit you know um based on what might have happened this is like a what a bunch of what if scenarios
0: it is like a so, whole bunch of what if yeah yeah it's it's basically it feels like uh Melisandre is like peering into the flames and seeing a lot of potential futures so mm-hmm. she like peers into the flames and then she sees what it's like if john rules and then you get to go a playthrough as john and it's like she's watching your rule and then you die and she's like oh guess he wasn't the the best leader let's go take a peek at one of danny's features or one of Tyrion's features or whatever and it lets you explore and mm-hmm. I, it's almost like a, a choose your own adventure actually yeah. it's what oh, it reminds it me literally is. Of, you know, yeah
1: it's uh and it, and the mechanics you you don't feel like you're being tricked when you suddenly choose something and all of a sudden you die because oftentimes I find the farther i go, the less I'd be paying attention to the four. So above on the app above, there are four different subcategories. I think it's army, religion or faith, uh, people, and then money. That and was the money. Most, yeah. yeah. It was confusing because it was like, it's just this random weird symbol. It's not like it's dollar signs in the other ones. And this you guys, one
0: it looks like a coin.
1: The, oh yeah. <laughs> At, to me, yeah. they all have, to me, like the circle didn't do it for me. It was just the weird symbol that was throwing me off. But you're right, yeah. it is a coin, um, yeah, and we won't dwell on that. But uh, yeah, so money, and I'd find like the further I would go, the the more the less I'd pay attention to those, and all of a sudden it's just like oh the so you if you fill it up you die if it if it if it goes too low you die so you kind of have to hit that sweet balance across the four, and sometimes you can lose track, and then all of a sudden like you're getting that momentum then. Then it gets to this uh, the last question, and it's like, oh, someone storms in your room, and then the left option is what, and the right option is what, and that's usually when you know <laughs> you died. <laughs> yeah,
0: you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's good
1: stuff. The the game is a lot of fun and and easily one of those time passers where you can you can kind of lose track of time while you're playing as well. So yeah,
0: it's a it's a really good little mobile title. I don't know if I would like it as much playing on PC, but that's just because I play so much on Mm -hmm. PC that it's nice to just get away but it's a really good little mobile title it would be good if you were commuting if you're a fan of Game of Thrones at all just you know laying laying in bed before you go to sleep like there's tons of times where you could just sit back chill play a session as a leader and then you know it, it is very very easy to to pick it up and walk away and stuff like that so if you're looking for a short digestible title and you're a fan of Game of Thrones you will really like this game very highly recommend it and it's only five bucks so go and check it out uh we have a patron ad this week from simon who says weekly news desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week you can join your two knucklehead hosts andrew and simon as they keep you informed on movies tv video games and books you find them on itunes or at weeklynews.com wanted to remind everybody that we have a patreon if you'd like to support the show you can go over to patreon.com slash the gamers in you can also join up with our discord it's bit.ly slash tgi discord That's where we have all our conversations for game night and everything else. So we look forward to seeing you guys over there. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. We are doing a very short little tidbit of news. There has been a post put up on Diablo3.com, which is Mm -hmm. the official Blizzard site for Diablo 3, basically setting expectations for BlizzCon. And I found this to be very interesting because I can't remember a time when Blizzard has done this before for any other game. But... The hype around Diablo for this BlizzCon has been pretty huge and pretty crazy because Diablo is featured very prominently in the BlizzCon. Um, Like every year, BlizzCon does like a piece of key art that highlights their franchises and For instance, last year with the announcement of Battle for Azeroth, Jaina was featured very, very prominently in the BlizzCon art. So this year it's Diablo. Mm There is also a uh, Diablo demonstration area that is right next to the main stage. So a lot of people were saying like Diablo is going to be their kind of focal point, their big announcement, like Diablo is going to be the thing. I think the What's Next panel for Diablo also directly follows the main ceremony which is huge. Yeah. So the the schedule and the floor plan and and the key art all led people to think that Diablo was going to be some big huge announcement, especially since Diablo hasn't really had a big huge announcement. They had an announcement of a new character which was the necromancer, but really Diablo hasn't had a huge place at BlizzCon in recent years. So uh Hundits around the uh, kind of blizzard space have been mm-hmm. theorizing that this might be the year that we get diablo 4 and blizzard basically came out and said if you have a nintendo switch don't forget to bring it to blizzcon don't expect anything else <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> well this... not not don't expect anything else no. but they basically took a- expectations from like way up here and brought them like way down here
1: <laughs> i have a lot i have a lot of thoughts on blizzcon and over the years it's it's changed for me in terms of how I see it as an event. And, you know, it's not E3, you know, BlizzCon is not E3 for, for Blizzard games anymore because Blizzard, like a lot of other companies has a lot of avenues to, uh, to reveal games and announce things, you know, like the switch, uh, the switch version of Diablo three, that could have easily been a BlizzCon announcement, but they chose to announce it via other means. And it's launching Mm -hmm. the day that BlizzCon starts so there's there's stuff there and I think BlizzCon is shifting from less of a here's a bunch of cool stuff to more of here's our fan appreciation event. Like I think the people who still go to it really have a great time. They love to see their friends and, and listen to developers talk about their favorite games. But it's I it's think less it's less about
0: announcements now. Yeah,
1: like I, I mean, I don't know, do do people really want to spend hundreds of dollars to travel and to watch a couple trailers? I, I think they're there more to to appreciate the, the games and appreciate the company and appreciate the friends they've made through these games and I think that's that's what BlizzCon's always been. You know, it's been about it's been about engaging engaging with the community. The the reveals were just the icing on on the cake, I think. Uh but you know, it is a bit of a bummer that they're that they're really just coming out and saying, like, don't expect Diablo four. Like they don't they don't say that specifically, but it sounds like they're saying basically Good things come to those who wait. And sometimes it takes longer for things to will announce, evil.
0: Yeah, they'll announce things when they're ready and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and I kind of get that. But I mean, at the same time, throw the Diablo players a bone. Like, putting Diablo on more devices isn't really news, you guys. I'm sorry. Neither it's... is remastering. Mm-hmm. Neither is whatever. Yeah, what I'd... Diablo fans are looking for is a new game. Or a new expansion for Diablo 3, I'm sure, would be fine, too. But yeah. what they're looking for is more content for the game that they love and they haven't gotten that in a long time i mean even like the new class announcement of the necromancer people were expecting diablo 4 when that came out Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't maybe as well received as it could have been because people they're they're just ready for something else i can't remember when diablo 3 came out but i feel like it's been quite a while now uh
1: like i think diablo 3 was before the inception of this show I think it was Reapers of Souls was the year we started. So Reaper of Souls might have been. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. And Reaper of Souls just was a big deal.
0: Uh, so Reaper of Souls was 2014. Uh, 2012 is when um, Diablo 3. really Oh, yeah, we so. just
1: really didn't like Diablo, the original Diablo 3. Anyways, yeah. I, I think looking at this news the, the Switch version, like the last whole paragraph is dedicated to uh, buy our game and download it and play it with us on the show floor. But there is some tidbits in there that I think are worth latching onto as a Diablo fan. There's going to be some sort of announcement. I don't think it's yep. going to be the re-announcement of, of the Switch version, but I think you're right. Like a remastering of Diablo 1 uh, could be that news. They've already done some exploration work on that. When they did the a couple, maybe it was when the Necromancer was announced, they did the Diablo anniversary event where you could play the original Diablo, one of the original Diablo levels in Diablo Three, and they did like a down res of the art and stuff, and they did a cool yeah. effect. So maybe there's more of that. Um, I think the what's next, you know, panel for Diablo will give hints as to what the the something larger is. Cause I don't think you can well, do something, what's next. There's
0: something, yeah, there's something larger will be announced in on the main stage. Cause that's basically what they do, right? The opening yeah. ceremonies is always like, here's our big stuff. Ba-ba! Go to mm. the what's next panel to get the details. Like that's kind of how the opening right. ceremonies usually goes. So uh, well,
1: they, it's just interesting. Cause you know, even Starcraft gets, gets lots of love at, at, at uh, by Blizzard each year with, with the, uh, the co-op heroes and stuff. And Diablo literally has seen none of that outside of the seasons that have been sort of percolating. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, this just, this is just super weird. This is so unlike Blizzard to kind of come out here and say like,
0: but this is lower expectations. I I think it's good too, because I think one thing that people who are fans of Blizzard games have been saying Mm -hmm. for the past few years now, and I feel like it's kind of been decreasing and declining across the board, but communication just doesn't seem to have been as, good or transparent or as often or as thorough as mm-hmm. they used to do can't do uh, communication and a lot of people are getting really frustrated with them so i feel like if blizzard hadn't said anything and if they'd just gone to blizzcon with all the diablo hype and then said oh by the way our big news is that we're re- remastering diablo or whatever people would be like but diablo 4 where's diablo 4 what's going on so i think um lowering those expectations and basically confirming that they're working on lots of stuff. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like they've basically confirmed that they're working on Diablo 4 they're just not ready to announce it yet and show it to everybody. Um, I think this was a really good move by them. It's still not 100% transparent, right? Because they're still not telling us anything. They're basically just saying lower your expectations. We're not going to announce what you think we're going to announce. Mm. Um, So there's still that level of like secrecy. But It's better than nothing, I think, and it's good to lower expectations because, man, people's expectations get so, so, so high going into this event. And I actually feel like that's one of the nice things about covering Hearthstone is like, I know exactly what they're going to announce at this event. Like, it's no big secret. We're going to get the next expansion and then we're going to move on.
1: And not (laughs) tournament (laughs) mode.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know exactly
1: what you're going to get. You I know, know exactly, exactly what you're what I'm not going to get. get.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, no, that's an old wound. But um, I, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And and Blizzard has proved that they're, you know, all all the problems I have with with the companies uh, that make video games these days. Uh, one thing that Blizzard has kind of turned a, a new leaf on, you're right, communications, is specifically with fan-based hype. Like, uh, WoW Classic was one of those where they've been very... They've been kind of honest and transparent about it. It's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're announcing it. However, like, it's not as rosy as you might think. Like, you know, WoW 1.0, not the greatest uh, thing these days in comparison, but they're doing it and they're being honest about it and they're actually including a, a trial in the virtual uh, virtual ticket. But yeah, this is so unlike a video game company to kind of temper expectations, but it's nice because I think now we can go into blizzcon from a diablo standpoint and kind of just just be surprised as opposed to being disappointed and and
0: be yeah exactly be happy and excited regardless of what they announce now instead Mm -hmm. of being disappointed like i can see people reading the blog post and being disappointed but at least they're not disappointed in the opening ceremonies you know like yeah yeah
1: they're they're, getting
0: they're getting out ahead of it there was going to be disappointment anyways but Mm -hmm. they're getting out ahead of it which i think is good
1: yeah I read this and kind of chuckled a bit. I don't know. I I reacted weirdly to, to reading this post, but I kind of just laughed. I thought it was kind of it was kind of funny, you know, to read this. But uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than being disappointed in a big bombastic opening ceremonies. Like that's the worst yeah. feeling in the world. Well, not really, but you know, it it sucks. <laughs> it's an unfortunate <laughs> oh, feeling. Man. Okay.
0: Yeah. But I do still look forward to seeing what they will have for Diablo at BlizzCon. They do have the demo area set up right next to the main stage. And then yeah. there's also something. Oh, shoot. I'm totally blanking on what it's called now. But there's like a Diablo rift or something like that. Or a tavern. Or I can't remember what they called it. But there's like a special area with a funky Diablo name. Again, oh. right next to the demo area that you. it doesn't really say like what it is. It just has this funky Diablo name. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that actually ends up being and hopefully it's like tied into what they actually announce. Maybe so it's just a bunch I, of switch chargers. A, I was going to say maybe it's just a place to go and, and like challenge people to Di- or group up with people yeah. playing on the switch. It could be uh, but one way or another I look forward to seeing what they're actually going to be telling us about Diablo at BlizzCon. I'm sure we'll do a whole like BlizzCon episode of Gamers oh, yeah. in after BlizzCon so uh, I look forward to to talking about the Diablo stuff. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for this week, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you could, blah, 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 if you'd like to, you can visit <laughs> us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joc's Plays, Ryan's at R Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In. The video versions of our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at eight th- eight thirty p.m. Eastern on Twitch.tv slash The Gamers In, and are available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you're playing or what you think about Diablo at BlizzCon. Please do so at info at gamersandpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week.